What's going on, my people? You're listening to The Score, an urban music education podcast hosted by Eric and Justin, where we discuss tips and strategies on how to become a more effective, compassionate, and culturally responsive music educator. What's going on, my people? This is Eric. And this is Justin. And we're your hosts for The Score. score. Welcome to episode 93, The Wife, The Mom, The Educator, and The Brand, The Hard Truth of Finding Balance, interview with Jasmine Fritt. What's going on, Jasmine? How you doing? Nothing much. All is well. How y'all doing? Good, good. Happy to have you on the platform, man. We excited, man. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's get to it. It, 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 that's exactly I share the same sentiment Justin especially after meeting you Jasmine in Nashville right. finally been able to connect and then not only connect but to sit in your session and, and we might unpack that during this, the, the episode but to sit in your session uh, to be there in your presence and then to get you some content too that was just also just an added bon- bonus for us to to be in your presence uh, and you do your thing so before we even get to the episode I want to make sure that we give you your flowers uh, there are a lot of folks that we get to interact with and be with at these MEAs and you just got it you know what to do uh your voice your mission your passion everything about you we adore we celebrate and so I want to make sure that I I articulate that at the top of the episode so thank you for who you are and for allowing us to interview today I appreciate that thank y'all so much for your kind words and it it means like a thousand times more coming from y'all because I've been fans from Jump Street so Appreciate I'm, I'm kind of having a fan moment. So <laughs> <laughs> we are nobody. We are literally that, nobody. Justin and I, we same thing. We text each other and we're like, "Bro, who are we? Like, who, right. who? Like, what are we doing? You know?" But that also means a lot to us too. So thank you, thank you so much. So Jasmine, Absolutely. if you wouldn't mind, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, a little bit about your educational background, and what you do now? All right. So my name is Jasmine Fripp. I am from Charleston, South Carolina, representing eight four three all day long. But I live in Nashville, Tennessee, where I am the director of choral activities at Kip Nashville Collegiate High School. And I'm also known as the passionate black educator. Basically, I go all across this great country. I'm working with universities, professional organizations and school districts and making sure that they're implementing an anti-racist music curriculum within their classroom. I'm extremely passionate about making sure that all kids are seeing beautiful within the curriculum, within the classroom, within universities. And I I just want to create a more diverse, accessible, and a a place of belonging within music education, because I feel like that's something that we're missing. So that's who I am. That's what I uh, do. I'm also a singer-songwriter and a bunch of other things, mom, wife, the whole gamut you name it i'm i'm probably that person see i i you already said so much that you're in family <laughs> right 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 it was like check 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 you know <laughs> uh so that that that's awesome so i have to ask how did you end up in nashville how did that happen um i ended up in nashville because i wanted to pursue my dream alongside my husband of becoming a singer songwriter i had already uh been teaching for three years and i was getting an itch to like get out the classroom and like try to spread my wings because i'm an amazing writer um and i just felt like nashville was going to be that place so my husband and i we packed up everything and was like let's go and he wanted to pursue uh screenwriting as well so that's how we ended up here nice nice yeah, um, so much I want to say and talk about, but I'm, I'm going to try to stay focused and do my best, okay? Um, so when you say having that itch um, to leave the classroom, I'm interested in that because when we came uh, and we saw you at the MEA in, in, in Tennessee, there was just this connectivity that you had to the content, to what you were going about. I mean, when we walked in there, I know we, we were at a 
professional development environment, but it seemed very much so that I was getting a look-see into your classroom. And I don't think I get that a lot when I go to MEAs, especially when people are like, these are things that I do in my classroom. It seems forced, it seems almost programmatic, where yours was just like, tardy bell just rang, you already have your binders out, med is on, accompaniment is on, let's get to work. What itch was that outside of, I mean, obviously having that aspiration to write as a writer, songwriter myself, I know what that feels like, but what was it that made you really itch with you having such that rich connectivity and just you had this content, like you've done the research to pattern all of these things together? Mm -hmm. So my ultimate goal in life is to have my own school of music and performing arts and whatnot. Okay. And as somebody who wants to do that, I've always been one to want to become a resource to my kids. And that in order for me to become a resource for my kids, I have to explore all of my gifts as well. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to be able to do that staying in the four walls of my own classroom. Mm. I was going to have to get out there and really like put forth an effort to explore my other gifts. I sing, I write. I can do BGVs. I come up with great harmonies. I want to learn how to vocal coach different people. Mm -hmm. And where I was teaching, don't get me wrong, it was a great environment. I felt like I gained a, a wealth of knowledge working with the students I was working with, but I felt no growth within myself because I was so focused on making sure the kids had, and I was like, well, what about my gifts? I didn't feel like I was nourishing that at the time. Yeah. And then furthermore, if we're being honest, my husband wasn't my husband at the time. Mm -hmm. We were just dating. And I wanted to be able to date fully. And I wasn't going to be able to do that with all the things I had going on with my program. My kids were performing almost every single week mm. at the time. There wow. was no way for me to like find love and go and songwrite and go and vocal coach and be all I can be in the classroom. So something had to give. So I decided to walk away from my first job and pursue love and all the things that I wanted. And eventually I made my way back into the classroom. And it was after I had poured into myself a little more, mm. but I wasn't going to like the teacher I am today would not have happened without me taking that hiatus from the classroom to pour into myself and build the family that I wanted to build and build up my gifts. Yeah, I think that that's really good because when I hear about what we're talking about tonight, which is that idea of balance, um, I think people look for balance to ultimately try to be better in their profession. But what I'm hearing from you, and I think this is right on par with myself and what Eric, kind of our mantra, is that balance is really finding a place to find wholeness within yourself, to find a sense of pause of time to build yourself, build your ideals, build your goals, your visions and dreams. So that way, as you go back into that classroom, it doesn't become a place of frustration and anger because you haven't really found a balance for self. You just found balance to figure things out further in that, that rat race of what music ed can be at times. Right. And the way I look at balance, I'm going to go ahead and spoil the ending for everybody. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if there's such thing as a balance. It's just like you focus right. in on what's important at the time. Like the analogy that I've used with folks is I look at this thing we call balance, like a sheet of music where God is the composer. Mm -hmm. He already knows what's about to come next in the score. Um, I'm the conductor and I have my soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. Sometimes everything in your life within the soprano, alto, tenor, bass is going to be sustained. Like they're just holding notes. And then you'll have like instances where the sopranos and altos are moving a whole lot. So you have to give more focus to them. And maybe the basses need a little more love here. Or your tenors, they may have a line where they need a crescendo here and I have to give them more attention. So it's just depending on where God has things in my life, whether it's my family at the, that point in time, whether it's passionate black educator at that point in time, um, Kip, uh, songwriting, basically wherever I need to give um, attention to as a conductor at that point in time, that's where I'm going to put my focus, but everything else will move along accordingly. 
And I just that's how I've kind of had to look at things in my life. Just give focus to the things that are in motion at that point in time and just know that everything will work out at the end. It's it's not really a it's not really such a thing as balance when you look at it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now see that's uh so uh, I, I didn't know how to I, I I didn't know how to even give energy to the people that mattered to me early in my career. Um, and admittedly, I've, I've said this on a few episodes, but I really neglected relationships because I was so focused on, I have to prove that I'm worthy of being a band director in Texas coming from an HBCU. And I went hard mm-hmm. at that part of, of developing my identity that I ostracized that I divorced things about myself uh, that I shouldn't have and hearing you being able to be brave enough and strong enough to be able to leave the classroom and get that reality check that's when I got it that's when I realized that the pandemic forced me to slow down you know and it made me realize that I actually do like being at home that I like being with my wife and kids when before I had this I had this narrative that, oh, no, I can't study at home. I have to go to a coffee shop. I have to go somewhere else outside of my house to study. I have to be outside of this. And so if I'm doing my if I was doing my master's, I was going to do some assignments at the local coffee shop. And then it just added that I was a coffee snob. And then from there, I just it, it forced me. It was so uncomfortable, to be honest. It was it was blatantly uncomfortable. But at the other side of that, I was like, I really, really like this. And then so when I went back into the classroom after that, I was like, you know, we can, we can do some things different. We can operate differently. And so I really started thinking with a more efficient, but yet effective approach. And I can still remember those times where, uh, I was taught by some folks like you, the amount of hours or dictate the amount of success that you're going to have, or or is is a predictor to the amount of success that you could have, especially in Texas band. It was like, you know, oh yeah. And we take the picture of our car being the last one in the parking lot. Uh, the first one there, the last one to leave. Uh, at the end of the year, I was always the one acknowledging my wife like, oh, band director spouses are, are really the, the MVPs. And I was like, okay, let's let's stop doing that. Let, <laughs> let's be more present to our spouses. Let's be more present to our kiddos. And so that that for you to be able to do that and the things that you're doing now um, and, and rightfully so, the the acknowledgement, the respect, the 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 platforms that you're getting, I think people need to hear that part that there's not going to be a balance. And then I want to throw in that Justin just got a whole sermon idea from you. So if you see him present that, he's going to do that. Uh, but, <laughs> but genuinely, I'm really glad that you shared that and your vulnerability to share that because that's not easy to do, especially when we're supposed to wear this cape, like we're strong and, yeah. and nothing about us is weak and et cetera. And it's like, no, Hey, guess what? I had a horrible day. You know, my <laughs> kids are crying and, and I wasn't there. My kids T-ball game, et cetera, because I had this band concert, this performance and, I think we need to really realize that there are still ways to be an effective, but yet an efficient music educator that can check off all the boxes in our lives that's important instead of thinking as one versus the other. Because I think that's what really people think about balance. It's about, all right, how can I, if I'm, if I'm giving less to my, my music program, um, where can I compensate that somewhere else instead of like, no, you just gave less. <laughs> that's it, <laughs> plain and simple. <laughs> and so I'm so glad that you said that because I'm in a, both, as Justin and I said, we're in a place in our lives now that it's like, no, uh, if I get a call for a gig and I look at my calendar and my son's T-ball game is that day at six o'clock, and I'm sorry, I'm busy. And I don't explain why I'm busy. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just busy. Right. Right. That's it. Right. Plain and simple. When before right. I was like, mm, maybe I should take it because this might I might be able to put it on my resume and this might give me the other connect to get me to the so-and-so presentation or be able to do X, Y, and Z. And now I'm like, no, flat out, this is more important. And I, I, I can go on. This is so amazing, but I just, I'm so thankful that you said, shared that. And that's the premise of the episode. So if you would unpack that more, because you talked about it and you said, you're the wife, you're the mom, you're the educator yeah. and the brand. So the hard truth of finding the balance. So you, you listed your four main titles, which you just said, there's so many others that, that you carry in the hats that you carry. So unpack a little bit more why you chose that episode title. I chose that episode title because we don't talk about it. Because Mm. like you said, we put on this facade, like we have to be all the things Mm -hmm. in order to be considered strong. And I'm like, no, we don't. We'd be Mm. all the things and be tired 
<laughs> and unable to function, mess around and trying to do all the things and put on your cape and whatnot. And I didn't realize like how people viewed me until like maybe a month ago. And I, I was about to have a meeting. Of course you would bark right now. Let me let me back up. <laughs> I, I didn't realize any of this until like a month ago when I had a meeting with one of my colleagues on the equity and music board. And before we started like going through what we were going through, she just straight up said like, how do you do all of this? Mm. Like you on the equity and music board, you teach full time, you're a mom, your husband is pursuing comedy and all kinds of stuff. Like, how are you able to balance all of it? And I told her, just like I told y'all, I don't balance all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just something that us as music educators, we need to talk about more because this field requires or wants us to give our Maybe. all at yeah. all times. Yeah. And it's yeah. just not sustainable. It's it not. really isn't. Um, and it's also I, I'm I'm gonna keep it a buck fifty with you. It's also a part of the white supremacy culture, where it's made where we're expected to do all the things by ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's individualism. That's a characteristic mm -hmm. of white supremacy culture. And I'm here to tell you, I can't do all the things by myself. Mm -hmm. You think Beyonce is able to write and go on tour and have all the stuffs by herself. No, she has a team. Right. She's built a community mm -hmm. around her. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm able to do so much because I have such a song, a strong sense of community. Mm -hmm. My husband is amazing. Flat out amazing. I would not be able to do half the things that I'm able to do without him. My daughter is amazing. If y'all, I don't know if y'all were there the uh, day after your presentation, but my daughter was right there with me Aww. all day. Like we was in Derek Fox uh, presentation. She was on her tablet. I was right beside her taking notes. Like she's amazing. My students back at KIPP, the parents back at KIPP. Like I'm able to do all of these things because I've built a strong sense of community around me. So that's how I'm able to be the wife, the mom, the brand, the whole nine. It's not just me backing me. Sometimes I have to delegate certain things within mm. my life in order for me to quote unquote find balance or not even balance moments of peace. Mm. Like I'm I'm not able to do this without a sense of community, point blank period. Wow. Man, like to hear this conversation, it's a further reminder that we all get to a place in our career where you start to value time for every aspect of your life and not sacrifice it for something else, right? So early in our career, we would sacrifice our own social time and time away from the job because we need to be here later for this rehearsal. I need to have this section or I need to clean this music. I need to do this. But then you get a little older and you start realizing my time here with my family, if I'm at a, a graduation or if I'm at a celebration for my mother, this is that time. If I, if I sacrifice this, time that does not necessarily make what I'm putting that time into go further or better. I'm just taking that time away. And when I realized that it was a game changer for me, especially, you know, heading into marriage and having children, it was like when I'm at the house, that laptop, that music, that score, even if I'm working on something personal as far as a track or whatever, I can get to it when I get to it. And when I have time to do that, I'll do it. And you said this earlier, everything is going to fall into place the way it needs to, whether you give it the time it needs or whether you stick to a system that creates a place of healthiness for you. Um, mm -hmm. And and speaking to that community, me and Eric talk about this all the time because with what we've been blessed to be able to do over the past year and a half, our wives, our children, they get it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? To the point where, like, they may not fully understand it. You know, my kids are like, oh, Dad, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I got to go speak. You know, me and Eric, we going out. And they be like, all right, we'll see you when you get back. And they ask me about the trip. And my wife does such a great job. And I think it's important to know that when I come home, when I'm back away from that, I'm away from it. And, and that time that they have where I'm back in their lives and they get that sense of like, all right, Dad's here. He's not, you know, on a plane or getting up early to do something. Um, 
it makes that time that much more enjoyable. It makes it more monumental and just important to the building of that community. So that way, when you do have those moments where you got to go and things, they understand. But if I'm constantly reassociating time and cutting theirs in time, cutting my wife's time in half and cutting all these other things, then it doesn't create the place for all of those things to thrive in their own natural way. Mm. See, that's, oh man, this is, uh, this is good, man. This is real good because I, I, you're right. We, I mean, uh, Franklin Willis was hanging out with us when we were in Nashville. Shout out to Franklin. And he, uh, yeah, I, I remember we had a conversation. It was like, why are we expected to do all of this for free? Man. Why is it like the one, one of the only professions that the arts is like, oh, you're a curriculum writer, write my curriculum. You know, or share it with me, and it's like, yeah, we we do it out the love, but why why can't we be paid for that? Right. That's our that's our labor. That's our that's our work. You know what I mean? Even though it's, it might be a labor of love for a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know, we have a value, we have a worth, and then, so that adds on to what we do outside of the classroom. Yeah. I, I brought up that I can't find, you know, one other profession that spends so much time outside of their contracted period trying to learn more to do more during their contracted period you know what i mean and it was like that which is honorable but then at the same time like okay but (laughs) are you refilling your tank and i remember i would always use the excuse that tmea for me the texas one uh would always be the one to refill me i was like ah it's at the perfect time where i'm finally Mm -hmm. feel the burnout and it gives me that rejuvenation to be like "Ah, i can make it to the end of may let's go come on Mm -hmm. let's keep pushing and then obviously with the guys we would go camping and and just disconnect and cook a lot of food and and talk about how to be better men and husbands and and educators but then we you're right there was so many missed opportunities where now i'm in a space i i just reconnected with some of my lbs and i i went to his house for this first time and i was like hey bro i want to i want to apologize to you and he's like what's up man i was like bro we've been lbs for like 17 years it's the first time that i've been at your crib man and and i've never had the chance to and every time you invited me i've been too exhausted to go or too tired to go and I'm going to do better. And he's like, bro, water under the bridge. Ain't no sweat. Like, let's keep moving. You know, but the fact that I was strong enough to admit I I put too much of my energy and my time in what I thought was developing this identity of myself that I wanted to prove that I was worthy of sharing the space with some of these big names and these folks and that are put on the pedestal when I should have just said, you know what? I I have something to do. You know, well, when I'm here, I'm going to give you my 110%. When I'm here, I'm going to give you that all. And I and luckily, I learned that in, later on in my career. But I hope if you're young and you're like, damn, this is really resonating with me right now. And you're listening. And it might be triggering some feelings of like, mm-hmm. maybe. Then it's, <laughs> we're, not, we're not here to make you feel bad, but it's a wake-up right. call. This is a wake-up call for you to reflect. Because one of the things that really shocked me, my brother hit me with this one this last year. Um, and he, man, uh, 184, I forget the number, but he wrote the number of hours in an entire week. And he's like, all right, bro, um, write down what you have to do. And I was like, huh? And he's like, in a week, write, write what you have to do. And I was like, uh, sleep. Okay, write that down. How many hours a day? Um, I don't know, seven. Okay, times seven, deduct that from the top number. What else? I was like, work. Okay, how many hours a week? I was like, uh, I don't know, 50. Okay, write that down. And then he's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I was like, bro, I'm gonna have to take this home. I got to take this home because this is going to take some time. And he's like, why you got to take it home? I was like, well, because I got to map it out. I got to bring it down to zero. He said, when did I ever tell you you're supposed to bring it down to zero? Right. And that's when it hit me. He goes, bro, I did this on purpose because we were raised by some of the strongest working people. We're we're children of immigrants and they gave us the work ethic we have. But Mm -hmm. think about it. When did we rest? When did we give our chance to to enjoy a weekend? When and, I, and it was like, Phew. right. And he said, "You never even mentioned time to block your, for yourself." Mm-hmm. And a lot of people mistake free time for a uh, time of availability. Mm. And I had to um, catch myself earlier in the week. There was somebody who wanted to meet with me right before this interview. And they were like, oh, if you have free time, you should come to this musical that I'm putting on. And I'm thinking, I got a meal prep. I got like I technically got free time, but I got stuff I got to get done. Right. And it may not seem like a whole lot to y'all, 
But that sets me up for the week. If I don't meal prep, I'm going to eat like trash the rest of the week. If my house is filthy, I'm not yeah, going to come home and feel at come peace. Come on. Like, uh-uh. So I, I told him, look, I'll meet you at this time. But that time before that, I'm busy. I didn't even explain like, hey, I'm doing it. No, I'm busy. Them the only words I gave. So, yeah, like setting that boundary of here's my availability. Right. And here's the time I need for me. Mm-hmm. It is, it's got to be set because if you don't, then people will set that time for you and blur those lines really, really quick. As we take a break from our discussion, we're jumping into the segment called In Rotation. During this time, each of us will get an opportunity to share what we're currently listening to. Favorite artists, genre, album, playlists. If you have any recommendations, drop us a line on our social media platforms at podthescore or send us an email, podthescore at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. In rotation, folks. All right, so there's so much I want to talk about just Mexican regional music right now and the hit that it's happening. Uh, from my understanding, I was there's about like 10 to 13 within the top 20 on the Billboard charts right now from different artists. But I want to shout out one specifically. So I've been rocking with Grupo Frontera since they went viral for a TikTok video with uh, No Se Va. And then um, while we were in Nashville, they actually, Bad Bunny, dropped a little teaser before he dropped the video. And, he's, and he showed himself singing over the song, but didn't put the track title under it. The very next day, that song dropped, and he collabed with Grupo Frontera. Uh, if you don't know about Grupo Frontera, they actually are from the Valley, McAllen, Texas. Uh, the singer had just graduated high school when they recruited him. And No Se Va was actually a cover from Colombia, etc. That song became the number one song in the world in two days. Uh, so now Mexican regional music is getting a recognition that, in my opinion, has long since deserved. The only other Mexican artist or of Mexican descent has ever reached this status, this level, has been Selena Quintanilla. And so to have Peso Pluma and Jimmy Fallon recently and different things. So if you have no idea about Mexican regional music, I would encourage you to go down the rabbit hole. But specifically, I'm going to recommend, best, uh, excuse me, Grupo Frontera and Bad Bunny. It's called Un Por Ciento, but it's written U-N. X 100 TO. It's called Un Por Ciento by Grupo Frontera and Bad Bunny. Justin, what you got? All right. So this past weekend, my wife and I celebrated uh, five years. And so for many of you that don't know, congrats, my wife's congrats. A, appreciate Woo-hoo. that. My wife is a, a singer. She's toured. She's dropped albums, sung on people's albums, done BG. She does all the works. So when we get together, um, we are constantly listening to music. She's putting me on stuff. We're listening to some of our favorite R&B, gospel, whoever, jazz, whatever. So we're on our way to our uh, vacation. We're listening to Usher and just kind of talking through like how much of a template he's been for male R&B singers. And so on the way back, we started listening to Brandy. And if you're in the singing world, mm-hmm. you know anything about just the vocal Bible that Brandy is, right? We just went down the rabbit hole and we landed on what many would argue is her, you know, creme de la creme. It's her best album, which is Full Moon. It kind of paints this picture of when we listen to that album, we're hearing all of what we're hearing today, how singers kind of interpret how they frame their, you know, their BGVs, just the, the, the timbre of their voice. And so what I've been listening to since we got back is just going back through that Full Moon album and just studying just the genius behind her and Rodney and all of the different writers and, and producers. So Brandy, Full Moon, the album, just, I mean, just go down the get the, the rabbit hole. Yeah, just go. Song one, every song, there's no skips, no skips. Nice. Jasmine, uh-huh. what, what you got for us? First and foremost, that was nostalgic because I was bumping that in sixth <laughs> I'm trying grade. To tell you. I'm trying to tell like, you. scratches on the CD. <laughs> right. Like, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> the fact that the Gen Z is going to be like, CD, scratches. <laughs> <laughs> Walkman. <laughs> yes, Walkman. Come right, on. Right, right. All right. So I, I was struggling for a second. I think I just made my final decision. Here's what I got in rotation. Because yesterday I was bunch, bumping a bunch of different ratchet. Uh, rap songs. There's room for that here. I just want there, you to know. There's room. There's pretty, like Glorilla, <laughs> um, Bia, like I, like my ear gets real ratchet from time to time. And I was in that pocket yesterday. But there's an artist that I was introduced to when I was working at T-Mobile. His name is Odyssey. 
and it's spelled odd I letter I C S E E. And I just so happened to um run into some of his band members when I was working at T Mobile. And they were looking for like a music repair shop. I helped them look for it. And they was like, hey, you should come to our concert. We'll get you in for free. And I was like, all right, whatever. Who's the person? And it was Odyssey. And I never heard of this person from like anywhere. I just kind of saw like Facebook ads about him being in town. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went into the concert not knowing any of his music. And when I say like it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, like, like the band was on point, like the brother could rap, rap, like, mm. <laughs> like 10 toes down rap. And there's um, a specific song that they perform. And I just, when I'm like in my bag and I'm working, I, I have this habit of putting the same song on repeat. Mm -hmm. And there's a song called Built by Pictures. And it's basically like talking about you building your dream just based off of the vision that you have. You don't have an instructor manual. You don't have any guidance. You're just like looking at pictures and trying to build your vision from there. And that's exactly how I feel a lot of the time. So I've been listening to that song on repeat and the album that it came off of is called Iceberg. So check that out if you have a moment in your day. All right, we're back. So Jasmine, uh, I want to know specific strategies. What have you done to been able to now in the in the world that you're living in and being able to go to, to different conferences and do your thing? And um, and I don't know, hope that it's OK with me sharing writing your book that you have coming up. Uh, those kind of things. What have you done in your life now to put into place, to set up those boundaries, to set up structures of support systems that have helped you find that balance? Um. So what has helped me find, find the quote unquote balance in my life is really groundbreaking to me um it it's learning how to say no mm. it's learning how to say no uh don't get me wrong it's something that i'm still learning every single day but if it does not serve me in its fullest capacity if it's taking away from time with my family if it's over exerting if if it's if it's high work ethic, low um, return, I'm learning how to say no to that. If it's not paying me what I'm worth, I'm saying no to that. Mm. Um, and yes, that's the thing, even in music education, we talked about this. Uh, we, in music education, we tend to do a lot of things for free. If y'all can go out and get a new iPhone every single year and just get the camera changed on it and you spend in $1,000, you can pay me. <laughs> what I'm worth. Um, so I, I just, I think setting those boundaries, learning how to say no has helped tremendously. And just understanding that, yes, working your way up the ladder and finding success is important. But you know what's more important to me? Spending time with my daughter, mm. making time for my husband, coming home to a clean house. Um learning how to be by myself and have moments of peace because at the end of the day yes i'm I, I feel very blessed that i'm in the position that i'm in where i can experience and work and have all of these gifts but if i'm not pouring back into myself and i'm not pouring back into my family then who am i like you will get lost very quick if you keep saying yes to every single thing that's offered to you. Not everything is for you. Mm. Um, that's good. And the job will get done regardless if you're a part of it or not. But won't what won't happen is those core memories that you create with the ones that you love. If you're constantly saying yes to everything around you except to building those memories. So learn how to say no. Learn how to set your boundaries. Learn how to set a strong, thick line between free time and availability. Like, learn those things quickly. That That's pretty groundbreaking to me. <laughs> Saying no is something that's, that's life-changing because I think we've been conditioned to, like, when you say no, um, we've been conditioned to think that that's a reflection of the core of who you are as an educator. 
Mm. Right. Somebody mm-hmm. calls you with an opportunity. Somebody calls you to put you, you know, put a play in your in, in your uh, in your field and you say no. Um, we've been kind of conditioned to think that what is that person going to think about me as an educator? When at the end of the day, a no is literally a no for you. It don't it don't have nothing to say about your work ethic, has nothing to say about uh, your pedagogical skills, has nothing to say about the community you've built in your program, has nothing to say about those things that are defined by the work that you do when it's time to do work, right? When it's not time to do that work, when you have made up in your mind that these times I'm going to honor and use a, a mindset of integrity to hold dear to, whether that's family, your marriage, your own other career ideas that you do, or just sitting at your house doing nothing. That's a no for those spaces. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes a lot of our yeses is not necessarily for the building of our career. It's to keep up this idea that we're in the work. If I say yes, then it keeps up this mirage that says, oh, they're committed. No, I'm committed when I wake up and I get in my car and I drive to that school and I walk mm-hmm. into my office. I'm committed when I'm staying there late hours to work out things, if it's contest season or if we got an upcoming performance or competition, whatever. That that shows my commitment. And I don't have to worry about trying to give everybody a yes when sometimes the very things that my wife wants, my kids want, my home wants, is not that I'm saying yes to everything that they want to do. It's that I'm saying no to the other stuff that's drawing me away from them. You know what I'm saying? And I think... Yeah. Um, I think the conversation needs to be had. And I hope that when people hear Jasmine speak, they're hearing what her kind of non-negotiables are. Everybody's is going to be different. What we're saying is you need to have some non-negotiables. That's ultimately what what this aspect and what this part of our our, our show is. When we're talking about getting into the weeds of it, what are your non-negotiables? And so many of us are sacrificing them and we're just waning away and wasting away on a job and a career that's supposed to inspire and bring us joy and hope just as much as it's doing for the kids. And I think that balance, that word that we're using is not to kind of, you know, make us feel better about our jobs. It's really to make us feel better about our lives, that there are other things that matter and we need to make sure we know what matters to us most as we go into those places of educating and teaching and inspiring young minds. So, yeah, absolutely. And just to piggyback off of what you were saying, do you know how much discipline, how much commitment you have to have in order to just be still? Yeah. Talk and just about pause because like it's right. it's so easy and I, I'm guilty of it because I mm-hmm. just had a conversation with my husband um like last month. Like if I feel like my friends or family aren't doing this or doing that, then I'll find ways to fill my schedule. And that becomes taxing on you after mm-hmm. a while. You feel like you have to be in motion. Doing something. Yep. And doing something in order yep. to prove yourself worthy. And yeah. no, there's growth within stillness. Like if you get an injury on your leg, the doctor is going to tell you to go sit down somewhere. <laughs> So you could heal. Right, <laughs> you right. have to learn how to go sit down somewhere yeah. so that the work that you have put forth can come out and do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You have to sit still somewhere, sat down somewhere in order for you to recharge and be able to go back in and pour into people. But if you don't learn how to commit to being still and you always Man. feel like you got to be on the move and doing something. Yeah. How are you going to be able to recharge? How are you going to be able to let the work that you've done come forth and actually produce fruit? Yeah. Yeah. I was just telling my mother-in-law that like we were talking and she was like, I'm tired. I was like, you need to just sit down, right? You just need to rest. And in that moment, I felt my wife's eyes just kind of like darting (laughs) on my shoulders. I was like, you all right? (laughs) But you know, we, we get off the phone and we talk. She was like, that's the same thing I try to tell you. So there are days where, you know, my wife is like, you should just probably take a day. I was like, no, nah, if I take a day, you know, I'm going to miss this. And the kids got to learn this, got to do that. Or if we are off for a school holiday and I'm here in the house, but I'm still touching at this, touching at that. She was like, just sit. You, What's the worst that could happen? You don't put those grades in. You don't look at those scores right now. You don't plan that next rehearsal. It's not going anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I think 
that is a discipline that has to be really worked through because we think busyness is progress. That's ultimately what we've kind of put in our mind. If I'm not progressing, um, it's because I'm not I'm not actually working. And, you know, um, I think we've just we've we've really manipulated and really tore apart this idea that our bodies are not meant to just be on go. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, not meant to be on go. They're, they're not, man. <laughs> I, I I recently reflected on I saw an old picture uh, of me working at my parents' flea market stands. Uh, my dad had a tire shop that he would have a separate stand that he worked at, and my mom had a frames and posters shop. And it made me think. I was like, I I didn't wake up to Saturday morning cartoons like my friends did. <laughs> we I was did, already, but we had to start cleaning. So it's yeah, touche, touche. But I. <laughs> I was already unloading the tires, you know what I mean, in middle school. And right. then by the time I got in high school, I became a DJ. So now I'm, I'm DJing on the weekend. So that takes up some of my time. And then I'm in marching band. So then I'm at the football games and marching contests. So I started mm-hmm. reflecting. I'm like, I've never really had restful weekends. And it was one of the first times that my wife, when I had a free Saturday early in our marriage, that I was like, hey, uh, what are we going to do? And she's like, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, what was it? it, We have a day off and, you know, should we go organize the garage? And no, like, sit down. (laughs) And like, I was like, but we're supposed to do something. It's like, who said? And it it, it took so much for me to finally. And it was reluctantly that I I was like huffing and puffing, like, I I guess I'll sit, you know, but we should be doing something, you know. And and I'm so glad that I have a, a partner in life that has been able to check me. That is giving me then pulled my coattail and be like, sit down, man. Like, go go and have you know, go get something to eat and right. let's go out. Let's go. Let's go see something. Let's go do something. And those moments of a freedom from whatever I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I recently just binge watched The Diplomat on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> they they didn't pay. They should pay us for that plug. But you know what I'm saying. But it. My wife's like, what are you doing? I was like, this is one of the first shows that I don't pick up my phone during an episode like I don't get distracted and that's <laughs> that's rare for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm so I, I think so much that I'm so scatterbrained whether it's ADHD or not you know what I mean it's I, I operate that way but we need more of just that exactly what you just said just say no and I know mm-hmm. that's so hard uh, in our society where it's so uh, consumer driven it's so go to the next thing driven it's so this non-complacency mindset driven of our of our country and our system of operating that it's just like just just be and one thing that i've recently started getting into within the last couple of weeks is meditating Mm. and meditation really makes you realize like your mind is drifting it's okay let it come back let it come back and i was like oh my god it was drifting (laughs) you know what i mean and you catch yourself really thinking about like wait i hear those birds chirping it's like okay let those let hear those birds chirping another podcast i recently listened to was this um professor would make his students and would just the first day of class he would say nothing and just stare at them for five minutes and he's like, I want you to sit in that. And he's like, after the five minutes, they're like, this was one of the most awkward introductions I've ever had in my life. And he's like, but why? <laughs> why is it that that was awkward? Why have you not had more moments of silence? Right. Why have you not had more moments of just being? And the students were like, your first assignment is to go watch TV for 30 minutes. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But the TV has to be off. Mm-hmm. And those were so awakening moments because thoughts start getting created you start wondering why you start mm-hmm. thinking about certain things or you just be and i think we need a lot more than that i know y'all's apple watch reminds you every day so you might as well go ahead and just be so those moments i'm so glad you brought this up because i am now i'm still in that journey of learning to just be and just yeah. embrace and just sit and i love in the place that i live in because i can sit outside and we have some wild birds that pop up and cardinals just literally fly and like land right two feet away from me and i'm like what <laughs> so those moments <laughs> of clarity of peace we need more of that in music ed because let's be real if we have more of that we'll be able to even do more yeah 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 and doing more with um like a freer mind you know what i'm saying i think so much like we get so caught up in the work like this past year the last few years of my educational career in terms of teaching has been so rewarding because i think it started when me and eric were together the last time we were able to teach together 
Um, we just figured out, like, do we have to be here every hour on hour? Is it okay if we only rehearse four days out of the week when we know mm. we have a game Friday and mm. we got a competition Saturday and then it, this campus that I'm at right now, both campuses, like, man, let's just do the work while we're here. And when we're not here, we, why are we still doing work? We could be working on other things. And I think the sooner we have this conversation, the the more rather we have this conversation, I think that we can see a greater shift in the culture of music education for students and for directors. Because here's one thing about them kids. They ain't going to show up if they don't want to show up. <laughs> we can plan and we working all these hours. They're like, I'm not coming. My, my daddy got a birthday party and we I'm not coming to the game. Okay, thank you. All right, I'll see y'all next week. And they ain't a bit more worried. So how do we meet them in the middle and say, you know what? That sounds good. That that should work for me as well. And it can work. And it will work if you stay committed. You're non-negotiables for yourself, for your job, and ultimately uh, for what you're trying to build. You just touched on a subject that's like episode two, Justin. On how <laughs> that we... is an ep- <laughs> that's a whole episode. I was just going to say, like, the way we take care of ourselves and the way that we prioritize things of course, our families watch, but I wonder if we ever think about how much that impacts our students. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. more than just music teachers; like we right. teach life through right. what we do and everything. Yeah. and that hit me really hard. Um, I had a student; we were doing some interviews for some things I got coming up, and she was talking about like how she watches me, um, go out and live out my dreams. Like mm-hmm. she brought up how oh, Miss Fripp will go to this conference and she'll go do things outside of schools and sometimes she'll be away, but it's inspiring because I see her living out her dreams mm. or like how students will um, acknowledge that there'll be a rehearsal that I will cancel. Like I canceled a rehearsal like a month or two ago because my mom was in town mm. and I missed my mama mm. and <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way to sugarcoat it. And by the time like one of my students finally got to me and was like, Miss Fripp, why is rehearsal canceled today? I was like, you know what? Truthfully speaking, my mom's in town and I haven't seen her in months and I miss my mama. And he was like, all right, bet. I'll see you tomorrow. That's what's up. And, and it was nothing more, nothing less. He understood right. and we kept it pushing. So our students watch how we move every single day in the way we take care of ourselves in the way that we set a time set aside time for mindfulness in the way that we prioritize things in the way that we go out and we live out our dreams it's inspiring mm-hmm. to know yeah so set those boundaries go after what it is that you want to go after and if you need moments of peace I, like i said your kids will respect that they will. That's good. They, I, they I, will respect that. I learned that in the latter half of my career when I took over some programs where some band directors were were not as understanding as I was. And so they'd come up to me and ask, Mr. Jimenez, can, do you mind if I miss tomorrow's rehearsal? Because I have this really important, I'm just be honest, sir. My, my grandma's in town and we want to go have dinner with her. And I'm like, cool. I want you to go have fun and enjoy that dinner. Right. And then they, they're, but I, it's really, I was like, oh, you said yes. And I was like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, not only did I say yes, I want you to enjoy it. I don't want you to worry about anything that you're going to miss here. You'll cut, you'll be caught up. No worries on that end. And this, sir, I, I, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, right. Just say you'll have some fun. Yeah. But admittedly, early in my career is like, you're supposed to be here. You knew mm-hmm. the calendar, you knew the rehearsals, you mm-hmm. know your commitment to this organization. And da 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 da. And then guess what that ended up doing? Resentment towards me and creating music. Yep. And so if you're hearing this also, if you're hearing, if you're if you're getting some of this message and then you're hearing, oh, I bet they're not consistent or they left early or they would show up late, I can promise you, and Justin right. can attest to this, Yeah, nah. I'm probably one of the most consistent people you ever meet in your, my life. For sure. I, I was on time, but guess what? When I'm leaving, I'm leaving. <laughs> and, but I'm committed because I'm going to be consistent. Right. And the things that the students started recognize, like, okay, he's leaving, but he's going to be here and he's going right. to be very consistent in what he does. So if he tells us to be here for a marching band game at eight 30, I remember the first time that they showed up, they're like, why are y'all walking in at eight 45? And they're like, Oh, cause our old band director used to say that be here at eight 30, but we really, he wouldn't get here till nine. And I was like, 
if I tell y'all 830, I'm here at eight. Yeah. You know, and they're mm-hmm. like, we see that, sir. And I was like, so get it together. So if you're one of those naysayers, and you're like, oh, I bet they're lazy. And then their jobs, they didn't really do what yeah. they needed to do. Nope. That's not what we're saying. We're saying create those boundaries. Yeah. And mm-hmm. be efficient and effective, but be consistent in these kids lives and in yours. Yeah. So, Amen. Justin, I want you to wrap us up, bro. What it takes away from from Jasmine? Well, first off, I want to oh. just say thank you. Jasmine, honestly, for being on our platform. Um, once again, we don't say this out of false humility. We really just people just trying to be a resource. So when we meet people like you and all the other guests that we've been blessed to bring on, we are pinching ourselves because at the end of the day, we were doing what you were doing and everybody else. We just in our classrooms like who could be else? Who else could be you or could be helped with the information that we have? Um, but what I hope people got today, I really, uh, and I want to say this, I hope that this conversation causes you to have a real internal conversation with yourself about where you are in regards to how you are balancing the things that you have to do and that you have to find space to actually have the space to do your job. You got to you got to find space to have space to do your job. And if we be honest, most of us are doing our jobs on like 20 percent. But in our minds, we think we had 100 and you're really not. Mm -hmm. That's that's just the hard truth. That's just the hard truth. It's all in love. You think you had 100 percent, but you're really at 20 and you was probably at 20 at the beginning of the year. But the the Mm -hmm. excitement of the school year kind of makes you feel like you are further along than what you really are. And so in this conversation today, write down those non-negotiables, write down even the thoughts that you feel about making some of the decisions that we easily make that you are on the fence about because of what other people are thinking. Um, And ultimately, if you don't get nothing else, man, cancel that rehearsal. Cancel that rehearsal. (laughs) Cancel that rehearsal. Amen. Take that day off. Take that day off, man. Take that Prepare day off. Prepare the others. PTO. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Take that day off. Let them sub sit with them kids for a day. You'll be all right. And the kids will too. And they will see you in your human, your humanity, and not in this far off person of a superhero, right? That they need to see somebody that they can say, man, when I become a doctor or when I become a lawyer or educator or entrepreneur or whatever it is, that there's space for me to actually be a person and take time to rest my mind, my heart, my, my body and soul. So yeah, this was this was good and we Jasmine, you already know what it is, man. You family for life. <laughs> ditto, ditto, ditto. So Jasmine, if you wouldn't mind, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? All right. So if you want to reach out uh for any kind of bookings, uh consultations, hit me up via email jfripp f-r-i-p-p dot p-b-e as in passionate black educator at gmail.com um follow me on social media platforms you can follow me on facebook by either my full name jasmine fripp or the passionate black educator and then for tiktok and ig is at passionate black educator jasmine as justin said you are family now uh, we can't wait to be in the place with you again, share space. I know we didn't get to spend too much time with you while we were in Nashville. We were in and out uh, and you were celebrating your birthdays and rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> so we, we can't wait till the next time we get to link up and connect and, and just talk more because these this episode was really nurturing for myself as well. And I and I can't I, I know uh, our, li- our listeners are going to be receptive uh, for everything you had to say. So thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all, fam. This has been another production of The Score. Connect with us on social media at Pod The Score. Send us an email, podthescore at gmail.com, or visit our website, revivalmusicproject.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, do us a huge favor. Rate and review us. This will help us reach even more listeners. Intro music by Justin McLean. The rotation and outro music by Ben Borges. And as always, let's continue to impact these lives through the vehicle of music. Music.